Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brett Bowen and myself continue our discussion on the fourth article of the Augsburg Confession, Justification. Welcome to Being Lutheran. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Ricky. Right, that's who you are. That's who we are. Welcome to your own house, Brian. I know. <laughs> and we're talking uh, about a wonderful yes. topic. Yeah, that deserves the attention. It's kind of uh, fun of the to church. do this. Uh, the four part instead yeah, of two part. We'll, we'll just drag this out even <laughs> yeah, longer. Let's right. go back and record yeah. it. No, it's it's well worth it. And if you felt. Last time was, was us lambasting the Catholic Church mm-hmm. a, a little much. It's understandable, <laughs> but there's a payoff for this. Sure. It, it, it has to, the, the missing out on the law and gospel mm-hmm. and having a law-based yes. concept of salvation needs to be weeded out of our systems of mm-hmm. theology. And right. the payoff comes today. Yeah, good. So I'm going to read the article once more. And I should have it memorized by now. I'm surprised right? you don't. Article 4. What do we even pay you for? Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, Article 4 of Justification says again, Also, they teach that men cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works, but are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who by his death has made satisfaction for our sins, this faith God imputes for righteousness in his sight. Romans 3 and 4. four. Amen. Sounds like it should be a, like a campfire song by this point in time. Oh, yeah, right. to music. We could. Yeah, that, hey, we're in a so, recording studio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we just need to find someone who can sing. Uh, well, you guys yeah. both can sing, actually. I can carry a tune. I can't sing. Yeah, There's a can. difference. I've heard you sing Dep- hymns and stuff. You Dep- have a really good voice. Depends I can be hidden in a choir. Yeah, yeah, I can be hidden in a choir. So, last <laughs> week we left off, and the, the major topic of the second half of the episode was our law problem. Mm-hmm. The problem with the law. Not that the law is the problem, but it creates a problem for us because we disobey the yeah. law. So right. what we, what are the initial response of our sinful nation or no sinful nation, sinful nature, both <laughs> true <laughs> right. actually, uh, yeah. is that we lower the standard of the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we end up having then, and, and like I said, the payoff here is that we have a righteousness problem. Mm-hmm. We have a righteousness problem, both in that we are unrighteous and we redefine righteousness. We move the goalposts. Mm-hmm. And, and that in turn creates an unhealthy view of the character mm-hmm. and nature of God. Because if yep. we lower the law, we lower, God we lower God's righteousness and mm-hmm. his holiness. Yeah, we remember that the first purpose of the law, now these are mine, not the functions of the law, but the first purpose of the law is to declare the holy character and will of God. Mm-hmm. That has to be tied in there or we start to treat the law as if some sort of arbitrary set of rules that God gave us. So he give us a good grade or a bad grade. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not what the law is. Mm-hmm. So with a righteousness problem, first thing we need to do here is define the term righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's one of those, you know, uh, 50 cent Christian words that everyone thinks they mean, yeah. but don't really know what they mean. I know it when I see it or hear it. Yeah. Right? yeah. It, I can get close to the general idea, with it, but it's, it's those sorts of things. And in here is where I am completely indebted to Dr. Joel Bierman mm-hmm. for obliterating my previous system and reconstructing a better system of what righteousness mm-hmm. looks like and what the definition is. And it comes with a much simpler definition for righteousness. Uh, you will all do well at this point to start retraining your brain to define righteousness as being rightly oriented. 
mm, to something. Mm-hmm. That's the definition of righteousness. And so this is where Joel Bierman is a great advocate for the two kinds of righteousness doctrine, mm-hmm. 2KR, 2K, in the, call in it 2KR, 2KR yeah. in the Lutheran <laughs> church. But we have a vertical righteousness yeah. before God and a horizontal righteousness before man. And if you understand righteousness as being rightly oriented, mm-hmm. does he write about that in a book? Yeah, yeah. that's in. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, which which book? Uh, sorry, he, he writes oh, about. I thought yeah. you were like, you're oh, like no, him to no, like, no, 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 no. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, most of this comes from Dr. Mm-hmm. Bierman's book, Case for Character, mm-hmm. uh, which is an excellent book. Uh, first few chapters are really heady mm-hmm. historical theology, but the payoff is amazing. The last sure. couple of chapters are really great, um, but. Righteousness being rightly oriented, we ask the question, how are we rightly oriented to mm-hmm. God? Mm-hmm. By grace, through faith, on account of Jesus Christ, shed blood, mm-hmm. death, and resurrection. Amen. Hallelujah. That is righteousness mm-hmm. before God. How are we righteous before man? Mm-hmm. That is the living out the law mm-hmm. in society. Yep. Okay. If we understand that, we see immediately the righteousness problem of law-based religion mm-hmm. is because only civil righteousness, only that horizontal righteousness is held up as the standard for any kind of righteousness. And so this is where we come into like Rob Bell's problem with Christians calling Gandhi not saved. Mm-hmm. Gandhi was a really good guy, you know, in the human definition of the term good. I see your was, Chris Farley yeah, uh, air quotes. Air yeah, quotes. Right. <laughs> uh, he, he, <laughs> there you go down that rabbit trail. Sorry, everyone. But this is what it becomes, mm-hmm. is we uh, define goodness as niceness. Hmm. But what we're really defining it as or is- Or even good intentions. Or even good, mm-hmm. we're defining righteousness as this civil righteousness. So on, on the scale of civil righteousness, a complete pagan- And we can, can even turn civil righteousness as like a horizontal aspect yep, horizontal, of righteousness too. Yep. Your, your neighbor to your right and to your left. Yeah. That's why we call it horizontal. Uh, a complete pagan can, on some level, be civilly righteous. Yeah. We would expect our Muslim neighbors to obey the laws of the country. We expect them not to murder, right? We would expect uh, the, the Wiccan driving next to us on the freeway not to go 140 miles per hour and and try to spin people out by ramming the back of their vehicles. Mm-hmm. That's what civil righteousness looks like. And the Roman Catholic Church and other law-based mm-hmm. religions have come along and say, this is the only definition of righteousness. Mm. The problem with that, and again, why the structure and the order of the articles in the Augsburg Confession are so important, is that original sin gets in the way. Mm-hmm. Is that Ugh, we're always that original sinning. sin? I tell you. So again, Augsburg Confession starts with the holiness of God, mm-hmm. moves to the depravity of original sin, then talks about the two natures of Christ, and what we end up with is under original sin, knowing we cannot love God in any way, shape, or form that we're bent away from God, that we're hostile to God. Pick the Bible verse that describes what it is that we're enemies of God, whatever the case might be, is we're dead in our sins. Mm -hmm. We are unrighteous. We are unholy. And so what we need is a substitute. Mm -hmm. We need... Preach it. We need a resurrection. Well, we need a resurrection, but in that resurrection, we need someone else's righteousness. And a few things had to take place so that resurrection could happen. Mm -hmm. And and that payment of sin, again, we go back to the Day of Atonement we mentioned earlier, on the previous episode in Leviticus 16, that payment for sin in a way to remove the sin in the presence of the Father. 
And now as we're believers alive, as we continue to sin, we still have that, that war inside of us. We're clothed in Christ's righteousness. His perfect life is imputed mm-hmm. <laughs> to us. We want to use that word. Credited to us is another way of putting mm-hmm. it. And then we, are, we remain in that relationship mm-hmm. with God because of Christ's yep. righteousness. Well, and it's amazing. I've been, uh, you guys know I'm a big fan of the White Horse Inn. Mm-hmm. And, and we give qualifications. It's, it's Calvinistic it's friends. Calvinistic leaning, but they have Lutherans <laughs> on their panels. Yeah, but right. It, yeah. We don't have to qualify ourselves to death. I appreciate it for the most yeah. part, knowing the parts that I disagree with, right? The White Horse Inn in the last couple of years has started re-airing classic mm-hmm. series. Uh, and right now, uh, what they're re-airing is a 2006 series they did on the Book of Romans. Mm-hmm. And um, that was back when their producer, Shane Rosenthal, was doing a lot of kind of man-on-the-street yeah, interviews those are great. at Christian <laughs> conventions. And yeah. for this series, he was at a pastor's conference. Okay, a, hear that again, mm-hmm. a pastor's. pastor's conference. Less than 50% of the 50 people he interviewed, the 50 pastors he interviewed, could neither either rightly define imputation or said it wasn't important to their ministry at all. Wow. Hmm. Far less than 50%. It just, I was driving and I'm trying to pull out what little hair that <laughs> I have, but you really think in the last 15 years, it's gotten any better mm-hmm. And to think that 2006 was almost 15 years ago. No, <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it hasn't. And, and this is the thing we need a substitute. We need someone to stand in our place. We need someone to take our sin. Our sin needs to be imputed to Christ. It's just, it just grieves my heart. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, and again, what it comes right back to is lessening the sacrificial atonement of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, Honestly, I just, as a believer, I can't find anything more offensive, Mm -hmm. you know, than saying that Christ and his sacrifice wasn't enough, Mm -hmm. that we can add to it, that we can bring something to the table Mm -hmm. is such an, you know, I'm just going to say this, it's such an arrogant statement. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, the church needs to repent and pastors need to repent. Yeah. Absolutely. And to get on their knees and to and to just acknowledge how little we know about the incredible nature mm-hmm. of Christ's atoning sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And what it comes down to, to, to steal your phrase, is this. Either Christ has died for your sins or you die for your sins. Mm-hmm. There's not a question anymore whether or not your sins are, exist. It's how your sins are dealt with. Either Christ dies for your sins or you die for your sins. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, the second part of that double declaration is either you obey God's law completely and perfectly or Christ does for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. That's, yep. that's what justification is. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so you've got this notion, we need someone else to be righteous for us. Christ is righteous for us. Christ stands in our place because mm. he is fully God and fully man. Christ takes all of our sins. They are nailed to the cross. Yep. Christ dies and he rises again and gives us the victory over sin, death, and the devil. Mm-hmm. It's justification in a nutshell from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. And so the really the last question for us as Reformation Christians, as mm. Lutherans, mm-hmm. is where does faith come mm-hmm. into all of this? Because this is also the very last area that the American Christian church gets absolutely wrong mm-hmm. yeah. when it comes to justification. And in turn, where does faith come from? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. What you end up with is uh, either... 
uh, well, what you end up with is faith replaces good works as the justifying work that we do mm-hmm. in most Christians' mind. I think it's hard for people to not view it faith as something that they are doing. Nope. Um, I, that is such a that comes up so often, and and whenever I've it, as a pastor, whenever I've talked about this, it, that's just hard. That's a hard hoop to get over. Or, yeah, I, or, I think it's the biggest obstacle to get past yeah. for someone who's been programmed and wired that way when we're mm-hmm. trying to minister them and they're right. kind of having exposure to Under, the Lutheran Church, like the the Billy Graham type yep. influence and. Uh, you know, God rest his soul. But uh, and, and let's do let's say it. Billy Graham did loads of good for the mm-hmm. church. He was he was a servant of Christ. Uh, we disagree with him violently at times on his theology. Mm-hmm. But there are many people today in Lutheran churches yeah. because of the work Billy Graham started, and sure. we can appreciate that, and we can honor the man, right. you know, honor the dad. Yeah, and I um, guess I'm not necessarily speaking to him personally, but, but the message and the type of message. Making that, a decision for yes, Jesus, the yeah. altar, cult, the altar mm-hmm. call culture that we have in the church today. Mm-hmm. Faith is not mental assent to a certain grouping of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not responding to data. Yeah. And even though we're stressing, um, you know, really doing our due diligence and studying out theology and to, to do uh, our best to understand and articulate all of mm-hmm. these incredibly complicated truths sometimes, you know, God still works through flawed men. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. we're all flawed. And, and so, so yeah. if he didn't work through yep. flawed men, all of us would and, be out of a job. Yep. You know, and, and even though we that we can say whatever we want about anybody, whether it be mm-hmm. Billy Graham or anyone else, yep. uh, we know that he loved the Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. and we oh, know yeah. that his intention were to, was to see many lives changed through the transforming power of the gospel. Absolutely, and it's great that we serve a God who wants to save. He, he's yeah. a God who wants to be known. He is a God who wants to save, but that doesn't mean that we don't do the work. And so we we honor. You know, those we may disagree with and we do so in a way that mm-hmm. that honors Christ. But that doesn't mean that we just don't don't do the work, that we that we don't study this out, that we mm-hmm. don't try to get as as much knowledge as we can through the power of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit according to God's word to mm-hmm. again to baby to be able to articulate what scripture actually mm-hmm. says. Yep, to be rightly aligned with scripture as we yes. correct. To rightly divide the word of God, mm-hmm. to show yourself approved. That's what we need to be doing, mm-hmm. not building a ministry of numbers, mm-hmm. not kind of having the slickest, you know, online presence or whatever. Or the best sales pitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not selling Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are blessed and privileged to participate in this wonderful aspect of the church's work to proclaim the gospel of Christ. I've, I've to my students, I've often defined the job description of a pastor as simply saying, God still speaks through talking donkeys. Mm-hmm. And you just go back to Balaam. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. What actually, it's funny is on, we have a, a we use a, an app called PCO. It's called Planning Center Online. Mm-hmm. And um, on my icon, I have the back of a mule. The back yeah. side. Because I said in the Old Testament, God used the front side. Well, now with me, he's using the back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I mean, all tongue in cheek, the role of faith yeah. is that God creates that with the proclamation of the gospel. And and this is where turning faith into a work is so harmful because the preacher who preaches the sermon, you've just got to believe has given no one anything to believe in. Mm-hmm. 
and he's left us to muster up a good work in ourselves. It can't be belief in belief or belief in faith. It's it's not a substance. It's not a quantity. It can't be measured that way. The preacher who says, Jesus Christ shed his blood so that you might be washed clean of all your sins. Jesus Christ died on the cross in your place. Jesus Christ rose again in your place. And all of this is done for you. Mm-hmm. Because God that, so loved the world. That mm-hmm. message yeah. from Scripture is what creates the faith to believe that absolutely. it was, in fact, done for me. Mm-hmm. And the faith fa- comes through hearing and hearing through the Word yeah, of God. Absolutely. Yep, yep. Yeah, from faith for faith. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, just those intricate, important things um, of striving not to mingle law and gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay, what does righteousness mean as part of Scripture? Yes, it's a weighty topic. Yes, it takes time to study. But is it worthy? Yes. What does it mean when I say Christ's atoning sacrifice? What are the all of the different avenues and aspects that I need to know to clearly convey the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is it a lot of work? Yes. Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And and you can go on and on with everything that we we talk about here. Everything, every article that's in these creeds, because these men took the time because they knew mm-hmm that it was a a worthy exercise to be able to concisely convey not only for them but also for for those who were believers what it is that we believe teach and confess mm-hmm. you asked me off air last episode after last episode Brian what my favorite part of justification mm. to <laughs> teach and talk about was and it's a good time where we're wrapping up the the four-part lesson yeah. of the series before we start the Bible studies, which I'm even more excited for. Yeah. But uh, it's Romans 3.26. Mm. Uh, it's the end of the series. You really want to read the whole passage. I'm just ripping this verse right off the end of it. And I think you read it for our first episode. But Romans 3.26 says, It was to show his, being God's righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Yeah. My favorite part about teaching and preaching justification from Scripture is simply this. It is the knowledge and the fact and the reality and the joy of preaching that your salvation is complete. The gospel as delivered to us in scripture is a message that proclaims your sins have been dealt with. Mm-hmm. And so often we, we, we take language from scripture, like your sins have been removed as far as the East is from the West. That's from Psalms. They've been buried on the bottom of the ocean. We, which is fine. They're biblical images, but we treat it in such a way that our sins still exist mm. so that the gospel is preached in such a way that it is God doesn't care about your sins. Mm-hmm. That's not the gospel. The gospel is that God has dealt with your sins yeah. mm-hmm. and that your sins don't belong to you anymore. They belong mm-hmm. to Jesus Christ. And so yeah. my assurance and my own to co-opt in American Christian phrase in my own testimony, my own personal story of my relationship with God is the comfort that I have Mm -hmm. knowing that each and every one of my sins has been dealt with. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to wake up some morning with God dangling this stringer full of sins in front of my face and saying, never mind. God isn't changing his mind about sin because Christ on the cross said it is finished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Redemption is complete. And so we get to preach and proclaim that when God has mercy on us, 
for Christ's sake. When God justifies us by the blood of Christ, by the death and resurrection of Christ, he is in fact just to do so. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it completely and perfectly satisfies God's economy of holiness. That is the most comforting thing in the world. Yeah. God isn't ignoring justice to save you. Mm-hmm. Even in his grace and his mercy, mm-hmm. grace being uh, undeserved favor and mercy not getting what we do deserve in mm-hmm. punishment, mm-hmm. even w- acknowledging that God is being perfectly just mm-hmm. to justify you in Christ Jesus. Yeah. That's my Amen. most favorite thing about the gospel. My most favorite verse that talks about justification is Romans 3.26. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that concept. And how it even talks about in, the God, in God's divine forbearance. Yeah. You know, that he even made provision for all those believers in the Old Testament mm-hmm. that they too were saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It mm-hmm. has been God's plan all along. Yes. And you said it earlier, Brian, Amen. God loves to save you. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, listener. Uh, this is great. We're not done now. We're going to look at some scriptures in the next couple episodes. Mm-hmm. Excited for that as well. Uh, we'll just close out this uh, episode with Romans 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also, invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Please join us next time as we continue our discussion on the fourth article of the Augsburg Confession, Justification. God bless you and have a great week.